The solar panel roads often warm themselves, though the timing, like all other timing in the city, is predictable only the names of the forgotten ghosts under the roads and streets, not completely forgotten, as it were, to the circuitry of their programmable path ages. Both as dim as a ceramic heater and inflamed as a tapping on the jar of the crowned merganser, unfolds a peppermint stick, a crystalline kind of brittle. Sometimes my soma wanders, Blue says to the orange ancient, quiet and reposed in the grasslands as green pulses quiet the grasses only seen as the grasses themselves sway and reveal them between. Either the ancients catching a glimpse, finding themselves meandered like memories of their previous generations mote to light. A kiwi unfeeling its skin from its center, with only the tangents between to remind it that the fruit and the peel have the same shape and the same form, speaking the whole of itself. Meanwhile, in the forest, the green ancient amuses themselves, replaying a scene of blue talking to Guy in the city when it felt so clear they were never coming back. fundamentally drawn has me stepping in. The little girl with black hair remarks to herself as she places a bare foot on the solar panel in front of her on the circle road, swirling her finger around, a plastic choker, collar, as if flirting her hair reflectively to some curious vision in her head she is not quite certain she has a word for. satisfied with not having what she needs, the look of temptation on their face trying to draw out a wolf or a buzzard, though only the roadrunner escaping the heat of the solar panels by hopping from wayline to wayline quiets the din of pulses arriving from the grassland. Polly Parkinson dropped a piece of chalk and forgot to pick it up. As she walked from Ike's gym to the letter fountain, fawning as if to dream below some arbored night. Day in, day out, what the pulses in the city held was not at any citizen's request. However, it beat as if to tell the pleasure of a countertop spotted with flies and armored straws. Polly saw something making its way across the square. A small mammal, perhaps, for some foreign state of mind, watching as the questions in her mind piled up like someone cursing the sidewalk for holding their feet too bare, or maybe for the tree that had finally caught up with them. A boat sails on the ocean, clear as white daisies and yellow marigolds. 
Its sails brush along the wind, carrying the sound of ticking clocks as if it were remembering how the waves made it to the shore. Heeding to the wind, only what it could keep itself afloat and perhaps rambling on as the ocean settles to a forgotten tide. Silent itself, the boat pulls distances together as the mountains turn between the sea and the city. Leaning on one side, it braces the side of the mountain as if to hold its shape to see. A pulse gluttons the skin, forcing its way through out of the forest. From the shimmering horizon, a host of owls emerge as if to vanquish celestials. In the solemn state of amnesty's trial. However, soaring over the sails of the boat, three of the owls sound in unison a most formidable call. The few remaining owls, embodied only by the reverberation of their calls, shimmer claw forth as if to pull the sail from the mast as they relinquish ferocity from their brow and set free the ropes. Looking below the tenements of the city, the owls do not falter in leaving the ship behind like a porpoise gazing the waves through hull and heave of roping slumbers, antiquated and enumerated, enamored by waves roaring as a leaky faucet sounds nearby, all that presses forward with the wind before the night even catches the sail. And too, it sails forth strangely undisturbed, only a calm sea without it, holding shifting lines, the man with the cubist face wandering over the tide. There was a savior time where denial cut away lines like a knife made of lettuce. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me. The last cut being made by a butterless blade, turning the time toward a parted sea. A branch with barb with the strangest pulse inside of its barb. This pulse never moved, but blinked on and off, and somehow every living creature gave a spark. Gaining nothing and losing nothing, however, somehow changed as if something squishy had caught hold of something deeply felt, perhaps without a name, and yet. There it was to be, as if waiting in this new time, seeming exactly as it seems. Marbled galaxies across the floor of the Fuchsia Ancients tree, and still the pulse blinked on and off, steady as it were, something deeply felt and barely there. From there, the time would speak itself in a quiet din as if the citizens were being careful not to disturb the pulses moving through the way lines. 
as if there was something more important about the Pulse than their humanity, and yet something of their humanity could only be cared for carefully and with the precision of the blade, like a tongue unfolding words. By the moment it had dulled, there was nothing left to save and much more planned. Time farmed until it made itself a canvas. That same pulse, somehow blinking on and off, even as the branch dissipated. Kite tails growing ever longer and ever regrown where longer subsides for all of the life and living as forgotten are the waves of disbelief, excess denied. Either balking or walking, Yet neither as the thunder rolls down scrambling pulses, opening the gate where she had fallen when the little girl had spoken to her. Father. The flying object precedes a goat found in the wool of a sheep dark as any other day, and like that, the way lines in the trees bend as they light the breath of the wind in the forest. Which is not to say much at all, except that when the pulses stop moving through a wayline or two, something else is found. Predicated, as it sounds, footsteps lie before the feet that made them, like a bed of moss grown in silver moonlight, unending. Fabled as the wartime memorial, long after its disposition had rested over. Blue and Guy lays by the river, a train smoke stack in the distance. When you regenerate, do you ever do so in the middle of a sentence with someone? I mean, if you were to turn into a darker version of yourself at this moment, would I be able to tell the difference, other than having for a moment, been filled with the terror that I was holding you and one moment later? My arms were wrapped around my own soma, trying to hold on to all the moments before that one. Looking up as if to get as close to looking into Guy's eyes as possible. Regenerated like that, I'm not even certain I would do so in the city. I mean, you're holding me now, and I can still feel the other ancients watching us on the skin, knowing I will never return there. Abjections of my absence, or even the like of the terror you don't feel now. Would I be able to tell the difference if suddenly I was a darker version of myself? Your arms wrapped around me as if my soma were asking for a perfect stranger to remind me what it is like to be solid. Looking out over the bridge.
I wouldn't regenerate without leaving you with someone better suited to hold you. Guy holds blue tighter, informing his soma he will never hold anyone else. A set of hellebore flowers grow along the fences by the houses in town. Reverberating petrified orchids from glass houses, every single one stood strong hooves alive under their passageways, abstaining from misery and commiserating under colander hats. Small soft bats leaping like peace lilies. Mingled with pumpkins under the feet of the last of lesser tree oasis. And were the last, disappeared with the congruences of bluebells and cedar, a scent irreplaceable by evergreen needles, likened to the oldest tree in the forest, a temporary fix for a disaster that was not anywhere close to happening. And strange, too, that they stood so still and strong, even without pulses in the way lined around the apartment complexes in the city. And not for any of this did a crow make a sound. Not a drop of cocoa burned. Not even on the lips of citizens, ecked out of their dwelling for the memories still swirling around. Pulses like sparks crying out the love the wartime memorial held in the robin's leg. The fennel goblins leapfrog over one another. Chattering sounds like runes, breathing the patterns of pine cones on plotting units, cultivating a loud screeching. The hawk, in a distance, stares out over the grasslands as if to hold back bee pollen from surging into the city, though we all know the bees only live in the town outside the city. Not one trick by the hellebore as it grew. It was the lower sounds that were the problem, though having a problem did not really require a solution. Either way, I could have heard anything that day, you know. An artist, perhaps, some vacant discoverer, stands at the edge of the circle road, wondering if it goes in a circle, what an end it might be. And to what has Polly Parkinson gotten herself into? A knot in vines inside the forest, wrapped in bows, carefully pleading with the fireflies to find their confusion with carefulness, to somehow disentangle what they would not move for what they have grown that way for. A reminder of what came before, though not one any rule could hold for what it would disentangle. A doe made its way across a road in the dark. Grasslands Without Time is written and produced by Kate Madera with artwork by Rachel Amber Longo 
and music by human nature. Have a Fasiana Day time. <laughs>